0: That is uh, that's why we're here. It's why we are here. Uh, what I hope, first of all, my name's Brad, and I'm uh, the pastor. If you're new, thanks for being here today. Um, man, if I didn't get to say hi to you, I met some of you before service, but afterwards I'll be back by the front door and love to say just hi and help you in any way that I can. But the one thing I, I want to say, especially if you're new, is don't don't look to me. Uh, You got to look to Jesus and you got to look to the Spirit of God to transform your life. Um, This is just words on a page if the Holy Spirit doesn't get a hold of you. So this song, if you're new and you hear it, what what is this they're singing about? it's It's the hope that we all have within us as followers of Jesus. His Spirit is in me, giving me hope, giving me healing for my soul, giving me that peace of mind that I so desire. Leading me, giving me purpose in my life. That, that's what we believe. I'm so glad you're here today for that. Uh, we are in our series right now called um, The Table. It's a series on relationships. where we're, You know, relationships typically happen around tables. Whether that's at a coffee shop, a restaurant, your home, workplace, a campus somewhere. But we know that we gather around tables and we have uh, our relationships. And so uh, we are looking at some stories From the Old Testament and the New Testament. First, we're looking at the Old Testament and some men and women who gathered around tables. They had meals together. And it didn't go so well. We're gonna look at one of those stories today. And and then we're contrasting that with stories from the New Testament. And today we're gonna look at another story of Jesus and Jesus when he gathered around tables and how it was a little bit different. And hopefully we can we can learn from that today. So if you're ready, we're gonna be in Genesis chapter 27. We're going to read some scripture, and then I'm going to let you be seated, but if you'd remain standing uh, for just the reading of the word today. Uh, Genesis 27, if you don't have a Bible, I'd encourage you to download Version. it's a great version of the Bible, and I read out of the New Living Translation, and while you're looking that up, I- I'm going to have to give you some background, and uh, bear with me because this background is confusing if you don't track with me, okay, but if you don't know the background, you won't know the story, okay, so turn to somebody and tell them, pay attention right now. Pay attention right now. Okay, so there's this guy named Abraham. Everybody say Abraham. Abraham. And Abraham was the father of the nation of Israel. God said, I'm going to birth a nation through you, and that became Israel. He had a son. The promised son was Isaac. And Isaac grew up, and, and he got married, and he is now an old man. And Isaac has two sons. They're twin brothers. Jacob and Esau. A lot of names coming at you, I realize that. But so Isaac is old, he's going blind, and, and he's got to give the blessing to the firstborn. Well, these are twins, and the first one out was this guy, Esau. So Esau's supposed to get the blessing. But God had, had said, no, Jacob is the one who's actually going to get the blessing. So Rebecca, his mom, she's playing favorites. And honestly, Isaac's not much better. Isaac loved Esau because he was an outdoorsman, he was a hunter. But uh, Rebecca, she liked Jacob because uh, he was kind of a homebody, and and they played favorites. That never works out in a family, does it? Like some of you have grown up with that, where your brother or your sister was the favorite, and and it just can be toxic, it can be incredibly unhealthy. That's what's going on here. Like a nation was birthed out of this dysfunctional family. Come on, turn to somebody right now and go, my family's not so bad. My family is not so bad. You're going you're to hear this story today, and you're going to go, if God can use those people, man, I, I, I'm going to, man, my life is going to be amazing. So Isaac's going to give this blessing to his oldest, the oldest twin, Esau, and Rebekah he, so he hears about it. And, and Isaac's like, hey, Esau, I want you to go out and go hunting. I want you to kill something and bring it back. I'm going to give you the blessing. And Rebekah hears about it. And they're so dysfunctional, and they're so jacked up. She comes up with this plan, this conniving plan, this, this plan of deception and manipulation to get the blessing to her favorite son, which is Jacob. And, and I should point out, too, this. One other fact that's important in this story is Esau, says, was a very hairy guy, so he could grow a beard, but Jacob, he couldn't grow facial hair, uh, which I take... Um, I don't I, I I kinda like that because the blessing came through Jacob, which means I'm gonna be a blessed man. Amen. Amen. I said said the non-hairless men, amen. That sounded weird, didn't it? The non-hairless men? I don't even know what that means. Alright, so here we go. Let's go to verse 14, chapter 27 of Genesis. Hang with me. We'll read some scripture and then we'll let you sit down, okay? But this is a really interesting story. It says in verse 14, So Jacob, his mom sent him out, and he got the young goats for his mom and Rebecca took them, prepared a delicious meal just the way Isaac liked it. Then she took Esau's favorite clothes, which were in the house, gave them to, to Jacob, and this is what she did. She covered his arms and the smooth part of his neck with the skin of the young goats. How weird. You think some weird, crazy stuff has gone on in your house. That's weird. Then she gave Jacob the delicious meal, including freshly baked bread. So Jacob took the food to his father, and he said, my father, and he Isaac said, yeah, who are you, Esau or Jacob? And Jacob said, well, it's, it's Esau. <laughs> it's not. You're firstborn. I've done as you told me. Here's the wild game. Now sit up and eat and give me your blessing. Isaac asked, how, how did you find it so quickly? And then he's like, oh, uh, the Lord your God put it in my path. It was like, boom, just kind of came down from heaven. It was a miracle. Then Isaac said to Jacob, come closer so I can touch you and make sure that you're Esau so Jacob went closer to his father and Isaac touched him he said well the voice is Jacob's but the but the hands are Esau's but but he did not recognize Jacob because Jacob's hands they felt hairy just like Esau's and so Isaac prepared to bless Jacob but he's still a little Isaac still long he said are you really my son yeah he said all right now bring me my wild game and eat so he does that in verse 26 it says then isaac said to jacob come a a little closer kiss me my son because he's still a little unsure and so jacob went over and he kissed him i when i read that i just think of the fast forward a few thousand years and jesus is sitting at a table and there would be one who would betray him with a kiss and that was judas and here we see that a son is betraying his father with a kiss when, he's, uh, he's, when Isaac uh, caught the smell of his clothes, he, he was convinced, and he blessed his son. He said, "Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of the outdoors, which the Lord has blessed." Today, I, I want to talk to you about uh, masks at the table. The mask that we wear at the table. Let's let's pray, Father. In this moment, we would ask that your Holy Spirit would just speak to all of us, and you you have a word for each one of us, and I just pray that in Jesus' name, you just speak to us. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you can pray right now, ask God to speak to you, and if you've been standing a long time, your legs are tired, and you say, I want to sit down, would you give me a big, hearty amen? amen? All right, you may be seated. Well, last week... I talked about dogs, and um, in, in um, all fairness, I guess I should also mention cats. Any cat lovers, you, you would be honest in the house of God, and, oh goodness. yes, I love them. Get in a I watch cat videos all day long. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Maybe sort of, my daughter watches cat videos all day long. Um, we've had cats though our, our entire lives. How many of you uh, you're not cat lovers? You think they're the spawn of Satan? All right, how many yeah, yeah, they're just evil personified. They are from the devil. Yeah, okay. Well, um, I, I'm gonna help you out because I, I think what I'm about to tell you is just gonna reinforce that fact that yes, they are evil. They they have and I'm not making this up. Um I have been doing cat research all week. Um I know you're thinking like, shouldn't he be studying the word of God? Yeah, but I've been, you know, watching cat videos all week. So this is going to be good. So they did this research and they studied cats and they discovered that if cats were the size of a tiger or a lion, they would kill you. Yeah. Some of you right now are like, I knew it. And that's why we shouldn't have a cat. Like little fluffy, little snowball would gouge your eyeballs out given the chance. Some of y'all are gonna be sleeping with one eye open now, aren't you? You'll be like, that cat wants to kill me dead. And what's funny is we try to domesticate cats, don't we? We think we can bring them in and dem- do you know that cats, this is all research, that the cats refuse to be domesticated? Like you have a wild animal running around in your house right now. You might as well let a coyote loose in your home, okay? That's what you have in your house right now. They refuse to be domesticated. And it's interesting about cats is, um, cats, you're like, how much longer is he gonna talk about cats? I'm gonna keep talking about cats, all right? (laughs) Uh, Cats are interesting, though, because they are master manipulators. Like, everyone knows that. Some of you, that's why you don't like them. Some of them, that's why you do like them, because you just know it. They're Like, you think you can train the cat, but the truth is, the cat is training you. Seriously, this is, this is very true. Like, um, and they've done the research. This is not stuff I'm making up, okay? Like, this is our cat. This is Zig. I don't know if you can see that very well, but he's curled up in my lap. I realize the lighting is, oh, there you go, there you go. See, there, he's curled up in my lap right now. Everybody say, ah. Aw. Yeah. Isn't that cute? Like, ah. And when you see a cat do that, you're like, oh, that cat really loves you. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he's cold. Cats get in your lap when they're cold. They snuggle up next to you at night cuz they're cold. They're stealing your body heat from you. That's what they're doing. You read a cat purr. It's cute, isn't it? Like, and you're like, ah, oh, cat loves me." No. Cat doesn't love you. The cat does that because the cat wants something from you because what happens when they purr, you reach down, and you go, "Oh, nice kitty." And they're like, "And I got you." You got a cat rub on your leg. Cats rub on your leg, you're like, oh, affectionate, loves me. Little Fluffy loves me. No, Little Fluffy doesn't love you. Little Fluffy is marking you. Did you know that? Marking you. The cat is actually saying, I own you. You don't own me. I own you. Cats are crazy. They're master manipulators. What's funny, though, is I don't think humans are much different than cats, to be honest with you, because we can be master manipulators, can we not? I mean, anybody who's ever had children, are they not master manipulators at times? You ever had your kid just come in and all of a sudden they're being nice to you? Clean my room! And? Did the ditches! And? You know they're being nice... I, for a reason. And the parents, the truth is, it's parents, I, I don't know if you do it, but I'm, I've, my kids are, are gone now. i got four of them, but I manipulated all four of them. I didn't care. I just used them to abuse them. I didn't care. I, they're just mine. I'm going to manipulate them, and get what I want out of them. For example, You think I, I'm not making this stuff up. I wish I was, but this has happened. My son, at his birthday party, of all places, you should not manipulate your children, at his birthday party. He's 10. He uh, has a pirate birthday party, and all of his buddies are over, and, and they're out in the front yard. And I, and I look at my yard, and there's just leaves everywhere all over the yard. And I had a bing idea. I thought, oh, and I called all the boys over. I go, hey, boys, all right. And I did my pirate voice. And I said, we're going to play a game. And they're like, who decided? I said, right out there, see all those leaves? That is Treasure smart. (laughs) This is treasure. And so then I gave each of them a hefty bag, and I told them it was their treasure sack, and then I said, go! Whoever fills up their bag the fullest is the winner. I cleaned my yard in less than 10 minutes. It It was awesome. But we manipulate all the time. I mean, we just, whether we realize it or not, we do it at home, we do it at work, we do it at school. I mean, Laura, she's always, you know, rubbing up next to me and going all the time. I'm like, girl, I know what you want. This ain't for sale. I mean, you know, so totally see that all the time. She's not here. That's why I can say that. Um, but we will, we will manipulate. And, and honestly, a lot of times it's funny. It's, you know, it's, is it really hurting anybody? Is it really that harmless? Some of the things we do, I mean, we even say to ourselves this, man, I'm just being nice. You know, I'm being, I'm being kind at work. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm just being polite. Um, and maybe that's maybe that's true to a certain extent but but sometimes we can do it because we're like you know what I, I have been given and given and given and now it be some time for some taking i need to get mine and and that's where we get ourselves upside down and i, I think that's that's what manipulation really comes down to our intent What's my, what's my intent? Come on, turn to the person you came with today and say, what is your intention? What is your intention? Because here in this story, we, we see that with Rebecca and Isaac, um, her intention wasn't all that good. Uh, she was manipulating her husband, who she loved, So that she could get what she wanted, and it was going to destroy her her family. And if if you're taking notes, I'd like for you to write this down, because this is what I want to talk about for a few minutes, and in the chair back are some message notes that you can write on. This is what I want to talk about. It's pretty simple, and this is it. When I manipulate, the relationship deteriorates. If you could just remember that one thing today. When I manipulate, the relationship (laughs) deteriorates. You manipulate... And you deteriorate, come on tell three people right now you manipulate, you deteriorate, you manipulate and you deteriorate so let's go back to um, the story this is before they uh, before they had gone in with the deception and and had the meal this is before the meal and so Rebecca's come up with the plan here let's go back to verse nine genesis twenty seven Verse 9, and so she's talking to her son Jacob because she wants him to have the blessing. She says, go out to the flocks and bring me two fine young goats. I'll use them to prepare your father's what? Say this with me, your father's favorite, your father's favorite. One more time, your father's favorite dish. Like Rebecca knows what Isaac likes because they've been together a long time. And not only does she, she make his favorite dish, but she also makes fresh baked dishes. Bread, like I, I totally understand why Isaac craved in this moment. Because if Laura made me homemade rolls, boom, I am done. Whatever you want, baby, you can have it. And that's she knows what his favorite thing is. I think this is one of the most powerful things in a relationship: is to know what the other person likes. It's incredibly powerful, and and it can be an incredible tool. Like. It, it's, it's just a great way to express love it's a great way to express uh, gratitude it's a great way to show somebody that, that you care I, I mean just simple things like if you've got kids and you know what their, you know what their favorite candy is and like you get your kid their, their favorite candy or um, or you show up at work maybe you've had this happen or you've done this like you show up at work and and you know everybody's favorite drink, or you get everybody's drink, and you hey, what does everybody like? I'm stopping a quick trip, and you stop and you get everybody there. That's just such a cool way to show people that you, you care. Or or if you get, you know, your pastor a gift card to one of his favorite restaurants. <laughs> Another great way to show that you care. But yeah, thank you. But so but in this instance, this is not what Rebecca is doing, and, and what can happen is the very, the very thing we use to appreciate somebody can be used to manipulate somebody. I mean, think about that, like your, your kids and their favorite candy. You, if you just, I just need you to shut up. I just need you to be quiet. I just need you to mind. I just need you to look like you're human, and so you will give them their favorite candy just so they will do what you want them to do you'll go to work and you give your boss or a, a coworker something you be nice to them or kind to them or or do something a little extra for them just so you can you can get what what you want you can do this on your campus you can do this with your your, your friends you can you can do this just about anywhere where we you can do it with your coach like parents you your kids not getting enough playing time not getting enough playing time, and so what do you do? You just start being nice to the coach and start getting to know the coach, and you want the coach to know you. Why? So that, wow, I'm not much different than Rebecca because I want my kid to have something. See, because sometimes we remove ourselves from the story, and we see somebody like Rebecca, and we're like, that's just sick. Why would you do something like that? But yet we join uh, an organization at school. We volunteer at the school or in the classroom so that I'll get noticed, and then my kid might get a little bit better treatment, and maybe it'll go a little bit easier for them. Again, manipulation comes down to the intent. Like, why am I being nice to the teacher? Why am I being nice to the coach? Why am I being nice to my boss? Why am I being nice to my kids or my spouse? Because the very thing we used to appreciate can be used to manipulate. And Rebecca, she wasn't expressing love not not at all, I mean she's manipulating she she wants to get what she wants, and so in verse ten, look at verse ten, this she takes it a step further. she says, then take the food to your father so he can eat it and say this with me. what bless you, so he can bless you before he dies so here, here's rebecca she's she says man i'll give Isaac what he wants, and then he'll give me what I want. I want that blessing." for my son and I mean I think this is I mean this happens this come on let's just be real in here I mean this happens in marriages where where you know sex becomes currency you know it's like well I'm gonna I mean guys you're just like well I'm gonna I'm gonna do something so I get a little something something you know I mean that's why I vacuum to be honest with you I mean that's why I vacuum I'm like <laughs> kick me out baby Look at me go. <laughs> Laura says that's the sexiest. She says, ooh, you be sexy. She always does that to me. Like when she sees me back, oh, you sexy. I go, that's right, I am. Check me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's totally manipulating me. But you know, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> as long as she thinks I'm hot, that's all that matters. But we but the opposite of that can be can be true as well. Like, ladies, you you can, I mean, I don't mean to be so raw, but you can just. Give a little something, something so that you get something. I mean, just, that's what happens, and it. it happens in a marriage, and, and, it, and it destroys a marriage and destroys everything. Every relationship in our life is affected by that. When so many times what happens in manipula- when we begin to manipulate is manipulation really reduces a relationship to just a transaction. And it's not really a relationship anymore. It's just I'm going to give you something. So that you give me something in in return. And man, and then we, uh, then we start keeping a scorecard. Like, you know, uh, well, hey, hey, how many more times do I have to keep giving here at work until I finally am going to see something in return? How, how many more times in this friendship or this relationship do I have to keep doing this until I'm going to get something in return and and so when we look at this for rebecca it was it was so easy for her to take advantage of isaac remember they've been together they were in love these weren't two people that hated each other they loved each other they've been together a long time and but i think because they've been together for such a long time it was easy for rebecca to take advantage of isaac because because he trusted her that's that's every relationship we have to remember that every relationship is built on, on trust. You, uh, the, the more that you are in a relationship with someone, you become more and more vulnerable, right? You just begin to open up yourself a little bit more and, and a little bit more, and, and you just you begin to trust and try to open yourself up. And, and I think when somebody does that, whether it is your spouse or your kids or your parents or a friend or someone at work, whatever it is, the, 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 I, I think we have a responsibility to the people that God puts in our, our lives, and we have a responsibility to guard over their heart. If God has put people in your life, whether it be your family, classmates, friends, coworkers, people in church, I mean, it, whoever it is, I, I think we have a responsibility to guard over each other's hearts. And when we manipulate, we're not, we're not guarding each other's hearts at all. In fact, um, a few days ago, I was, um, I was uh, cutting some wood and, and, um, and splitting wood, you know, because uh, that's what I do. Uh, I, I know you're all just like, well, of course you do. I mean, look at look at that i mean i vacuum i split wood i am that man i can't grow facial hair but i can do those things okay so um so i'm i'm splitting wood um and i'm taking these huge logs i mean they were massive they were like 75 100 235 pound logs i was tossing them you know i'm just tossing because i'm that guy um so I'm, I'm throwing these logs and getting them ready to split them, and I picked up one of them, and it was like, whoop, and it was just like picking up a piece of styrofoam. I'm like, that was weird. So I tossed it over, and then I went over, and I got my splitter, and I, and I put the splitter in the log and took my sledgehammer, and when I went down to split the log, it, it just literally disintegrated in front of my face. I mean, it just exploded and what I didn't realize was that on the outside, the log looked normal, looked okay, but on the inside, termites had gotten a hold of it. And these termites had literally slowly destroyed the inside. And That is exactly what manipulation does in a relationship. See, on the, on the outside, we're, we look one way, and everything looks okay, but on the, on the inside, manipulation will, will slowly away at the relationships in our lives so let's go back to the story here in, in, in the story in, in verse 15 it says then, then she took Esau's favorite clothes which were there in the house and, and she she gave them to her younger son Jacob verse 16 she covered his arms and the smooth part of his neck with the skin of the young goats so here's Rebecca she, she's so determined to get what she wants that that she comes up with this crazy plan. See, remember, Esau is a hairy guy, right? Jacob is, is not, and so she puts this, this disguise on him. She puts this disguise, this mask on him, and has him go in and deceive his father. What's... Crazy is I think we've all known people like this. We've all seen people like this. You work with people like this. They, they will put on a disguise. They will become someone they are not in order to get what they want, whether that's in the workplace or on a, on a campus or even in, in our homes. Um, I mean, I, guys, do you remember this? When, when uh, one of your buddies would walk in, like when you were in college or in high school, and they'd walk in, and they would have a freshly pressed shirt on. Like, it was buttoned down, and you're like, dude, is that cologne you're wearing? Did you bathe? And come kind of to find out they were going out on a date, you're like, you just knew it. Like, you never dress like that, you never look like that, you never act like that. Your hair is actually combed, you know, and, and guys do that. And then you go out on a date, and you're not necessarily doing it, try to deceive someone, but I mean, you're, you're putting out this persona, and then ladies, you've been out on a date with that guy, haven't you? And you're like, dang, check him out, mm, all right. I got one, ba-boom, cha-ching, I have found him. And then you marry him. Fast forward a few years, you walk in the house, he's sitting there in his tidy whities eating buffalo wings, and you're like, what happened? <laughs> Deception. Because we do this, we will, we will put on one mask like Rebecca and Jacob did here, is we put on one mask here and when we put on another mask, and and honestly, we we, we just tell ourselves, you know what, <clears throat> it's not that big a deal. I mean, come on, like everybody does it. Right, it's not really hurting anybody, or is it? Because I, I think what happens is when you put on one mask, it gets easier and easier to put on another mask and another mask and another mask. And, and so you, then you're, you're, you're putting on a mask and you're acting, you're one way at home and then you're another way at work and I got to act this way at work and then I got I to gotta act this way on my campus and then I got to act this way at, at church. Of course, none of us do that, do we? None of us wear masks at church, do we, huh? No, but, but we do. Because we think, I'm in this environment, and so I have to act and be this way. And so we become someone that we are not. And we put on a mask of what we think the expectation is. See, so often I think the reason we put on masks is because we just desperately want to be accepted. I want to be accepted on my campus. I want to be accepted at work. I want to be accepted by my children. I want to be accepted by my spouse. I want my spouse to. I want affection. I, I want approval. I, I want approval. I go to work. Yeah. Okay. All right. You got me. I put on a mask at work. I want approval. I want a promotion. You got to do so that you can get. And what happens is we put on these masks over and over again to the point that I um, I don't even know who I am anymore. I, I don't know who I am. I forget who I am. I lose who I am. And then when I lose who I am, I, I can't even trust myself anymore. And if I can't trust myself, then, then who can trust me? And it is incredibly destructive when we see this here in the story that it just caught up with Rebecca. Um, and ultimately, I mean, she got what she wanted. Let's not, let's not forget that. Like, Jacob got the blessing. She got what she wanted, but, but it cost her. She paid a high price. Look at verse 41. It says, from that time on, Esau hated Jacob. In fact, so much so, it goes on to say that Esau hunted Jacob down and wanted to kill him. It, it, it destroyed her family. She, I mean, she was so bent on getting what she wanted and she got what she wanted, but in the end, it ultimately divided and destroyed her family and then it affected even the next generation. Like next week, we're gonna pick this story up and we're gonna look at Jacob. He's, next week, we're gonna talk about Jacob when he was an adult and he had children of his own and we're gonna see how manipulation played out in his relationships and how it brought destruction in his own life. So, so when we manipulate and we wear masks Here, let me just say this. When we manipulate parents, parents, when we manipulate and we put on masks, we teach our children to put on masks. We teach them this is the way life works, and this is what you do. You act this way around your father, you act this way around your mother, you act this way around your brother. You act this way when you go to church. You put on your little mask. And we hand down masks to our children, who then grow up to be adults who hand down masks to their children. And it goes on from generation to generation. See, the, the thing about masks is, is masks, man, are, are so dangerous, and manipulation is so dangerous because it, it will divide brothers and sisters. It divides mothers and fathers. Um, it divides a husband and wife and parents from their children. It will destroy a workplace. You ever been in a workplace like that? It will destroy a workplace. It, it, it will destroy the best of friends. Because when, when, I, when I manipulate, the relationship deteriorates. So let's fast forward a few thousand years. Let's go to John chapter 12. If you don't have to look that up, you might want to write that down and, 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 and read it later. But in, in John chapter 12, we, we come across another story. Jesus is the honored guest at a dinner. And he shows up, and it's at this guy named Simon's house. Simon is a, a leper who was healed by Jesus. And there's a, there's a lot of people at this dinner because it's for Jesus. Jesus, remember, really super popular guy. People like to be around him. So there's a lot of people at this dinner. Um, there's uh, Simon, uh, there's Lazarus, the guy he raised from the dead. His uh, sisters, Mary and Martha, are at this dinner. His disciples are there. And then, and then just various people from the community would have been at this dinner. Now, I think it's important here that I want to make sure I say this right. In John chapter 12, it does not tell us that people were there with a hidden agenda, it doesn't say anything about that, but but I want to say, and I want to put out there that I don't think it's much of a stretch to think that there would have been people at this table that had an ulterior motive, that weren't just there to honor Jesus. In other words, people that were at the table that showed up in disguise, had their masks, were putting on a certain aura and air about them trying to get close to Jesus. Again, it does not say this. It doesn't say this in the story, but I don't think that's much of a stretch. And the reason I don't think it's much of a stretch is because two of the guys that were sitting at the table were James and John, the disciples. Now, I don't think they were necessarily there at that moment manipulating Jesus, but we know that those guys who were disciples in an earlier story had manipulated Jesus. They pulled him aside, and they're like, hey, dude, um, when you come into your kingdom, if we could get seats right next to you, that would be awesome, And don't tell the other disciples, we did this. And then the other disciples found out, and they got ticked off. They were trying to manipulate Jesus to get position. And, and, I mean, we do know Judas was at the table. If anybody was a master manipulator, if anybody was wearing a disguise and a mask at the table, it it would have been Judas. But here's what we do know. There was one person that we know for sure did not have an agenda. That was Mary. Not Mary, the mother of Jesus, but Mary, who was the sister of Lazarus, who had been raised from the dead. And Mary knew Jesus, and she was friends with Jesus, and she had no other agenda other than to honor Jesus. And, and look at what it says about her in John twelve three. It says this, then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of perfume, I should say expensive perfume, made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet, with her hair. And then let's just say this together. What? The house was filled with the fragrance. Think about that. This, this expensive perfume tells us that it cost her like a year's wages. I can't wrap my head around that. But this was a very expensive bottle of rare perfume. I want you to imagine if the offering buckets came by. Think about how much you make in a year. And imagine if you just drop that in the offering plate. We can take that offering, by the way, right now if you want. <laughs> Anybody, anybody, anybody? Yeah, yeah, no, no, none of us are doing that. We're like, that's insane. You would think if she did this, if she pulled out this expensive bottle of perfume that she'd been saving, surely she has an agenda. There must be something she wants. She wants nothing. She wants nothing but to honor Jesus. I, I think that's why it says the house was filled with the fragrance. I think it was Filled with the fragrance of honor it was I, and I think that smell must have been a a sweet smell because I think that the fragrance of honor is 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 a sweet smell but but manipulation manipulation I think leaves a a bitter smell in our relationships very toxic look at Rebecca Rebecca she had a meal says that Isaac pulled Jacob close and smelled his clothes. I think in that moment it doesn't say this, but I just think that was the smell of manipulation, and that smell is very, very bitter. It's very toxic, and it, and it destroys relationships. Honor has a sweet smell to it, but manipulation manipulation has a has a bitter smell to it. And Mary, Mary put down the mask. She had no mask. She had no other agenda but other than to honor. Jesus. And I think that, that smell, um, it, it must have been just a sweet smell of kindness. Like everyone must have just, it's this idea of kindness, like love, just unconditional love coming out for her. No other thing did she want out of Jesus, but just to to love him. It's this self-sacrificing moment where she's like, I, I don't care about anybody else. I don't care about what's going on here. I just want to honor Jesus. Like what what if, what if we did that in our relationships? What, what, if, what if we took off the mask? What if we set down the mast, and what if we said, I want to honor the people in my life? I want to be kind for the sake of being kind. I want to love my kids just to, to love them. I want to love my parents just out of the sake of, of, of loving them. I, I, what if, What if we went into work, and instead of being selfish, we were selfless? And what if we went into workplaces and we said, you know what? I don't care about my agenda. I don't care what's going on here. I don't care what's happening here. I just I just want to I wanna give. That's weird. That's weird. I'm gonna go to work and I'm just gonna give? Yeah, just give. Just give everything you've got, not expecting anything in return. That's honor. When's the last time we honored? Our coworkers, when's the last time we honored our boss? When's the last time that we we honored our spouse and and loved on them for the sake of just loving on them? Now, how in the world, how can you do that? I, I mean, it sounds great, but you want me to show up at work and not think about myself? Yes, I want you to show up at work tomorrow. I want you to go home today. I want you to love for the sake of loving like the way Mary did. I think Mary, we learn from Mary. When you see Mary, why was she able to do that? I think because one, she didn't care about anybody else at the table. The only one that she cared about at that table was Jesus. That was it. She didn't care about Judas. She didn't care about John. She didn't care about her brother, Lazarus. She didn't care about Simon. She didn't care about anybody else gathered around. She didn't care what anybody else thought. And she humbled herself, got down, and She said, man, I am going to love Jesus unconditionally. I think the reason she was able to do that is because she knew that Jesus loved her unconditionally. She knew that Jesus was there and Jesus didn't matter like all that she saw was Jesus like I think the re, the way in which we can love that way the way in which we can honor and the way we take masks off is when I say you know what my acceptance and my approval is not found in anyone else but Jesus he's the only one I look to for approval He's the only one I worry about acceptance from. I don't care what everybody else thinks. I don't care if I'm not going to get mine. All I'm going to do is I want to do this for Jesus. And I think when we honor people in our lives, we're doing it for Jesus. And here's the beauty of it. Because the reason we wear masks, the reason we put on these masks, is because we think, I got to get mine. I got to get something. But when we take the mask off, And we say, you know what? My acceptance and my approval are found in Jesus and Jesus alone. I'm able to give because I know that Jesus loves me unconditionally. Like, think of it like this even when I'm wearing a mask, Jesus still accepts me, Jesus still loves me. Jesus still welcomes me in, and I can take off the mask and know that when I give myself to others for the sake of Christ, that, man, Jesus is just going to give me nothing but his love. And that's why I can take off the mask. That's why I can set that down, and that's why I can honor others around me.